Ellisol Chit Chats aims to make information available for everyone. The podcast transcripts are on ellisolchitchats.wordpress.com for the hearing impaired and those who'd like to read instead. Thank you for engaging. Ugh, I'm about to do that YouTuber thing, but I am so sorry for the late episodes this week. To think that I had time management nailed and then life just decided to throw curveballs, which include an absence of sleep. I'm not gonna cry. But February has been hectic so far. But better late than never, right? Hello, my name is Renith and welcome to Elisal Chit Chats. This is the audience perspective on Fridays, end of the week, ready to chill. And today I want to talk about euphoria. Now I delved into euphoria quite deeply and this by someone telling me one day, Renith, there's something that you have to watch and I'm pretty sure you're going to love it. Those who know me tend to know well enough to predict such things. I just didn't know that I would fall that deeply into it, especially because it was mainstream. But I've come to learn that I should separate music and films or series because although songs can be mainstream and annoy you by its 50th radio play, films and series hit differently. You see a series once, and if one character hooks you, you are in. Imagine what happens when everything sinks its claws into your brain. Have you seen I May Destroy You? Am I also not upset about the Oscar snub? But let's not talk about that. I've been done with these award shows because clearly the system's broken. Michaela Cole is just... I'm fat girly! Snaps and claps for this beautiful woman and her beautiful mind. I can't begin to tell you the agony I went through waiting a week to see what happens next. Beku rough. Beku tough. This clearly needs its own episode to talk about. But let's get back to Euphoria. Just to sum up for those who don't know, Euphoria centers around these young adults who deal with family values, drugs, sexuality. It's just teenagers going through the most. And they're showing us in the most, mostest way. (laughs) I don't even know how to describe it. And I love me some teen dramas, as I've said. And this one was just different in that it felt more real than anything that I've ever watched. A lot of people related to the diverse characters. Sure, the story focuses on teenagers, but you'll get it because you're either going through it or you have gone through it. While season 1 ended a little weaker than the entire series put together, don't kill me, but it it kinda did, Euphoria came back on the high note. We were gifted with special episodes that focus on understanding each individual character, this time without Rue being the omnipresent narrator. Ooh, my English lecturer is gonna kill me if I get that wrong. The Euphoria special starts with Rue who attempts to celebrate Christmas after Jules leaves her at the train station. Remember that? I don't want to think about it. Ali who is her sponsor and Rue have a heavy conversation after she relapses about her drug use, what led to it, how she tried to be clean and her attachment to Jules. This is more of a sit down and listen episode rather than Euphoria's usual action and dialogue set with interesting cinematography. They dialed it down way low as it started with Rue and Jules in their shared apartment. It's such a sweet moment, but right when Jules leaves, Rue sniffs a pill and we go to Rue talking to Ali at a diner on Christmas Eve. 
I like how in these episodes, Rules and Jules are both talking to adults. I think the first season went the way it went with the chaos and the turmoil because the parents weren't as involved. The kids are very self-centered and I don't mean that in a bad way. Being a teenager, you feel like life hits you times a hundred. To you, these are the most important years of your life and you feel most of the time that you are going through it alone. There is also the pressure that comes with convincing yourself somehow that if you don't get life right now, then you might be screwed up for the rest of it. Because everyone else is going through their own thing, it's easy to feel alone. It's easy to be within a group and have misunderstandings. It's easy for teenagers' life to seem this chaotic because of that self-centeredness. With the special episodes and these teenagers taking a break from their world and talking to an adult, they come to a point of self-awareness. It's not that it was never there. It was. The environment never allowed them to deal with these things, with their feelings, and to actually talk without feeling misunderstood, without seeing themselves constantly in relation to others around them. I realized this when Rue talked as if some of her happiness relied heavily on having jewels in her life. Of course, we didn't see it that way, and thinking about it, Rue was ever only clean when Jules was there. Jules even gets to a point where she asks if it was her fault after Rue relapsed. Well, it was not her fault, but that's kind of heavy to put on someone. And we also see how her world falls apart after Jules leaves. You know what's interesting about these specials? Because they take us out of the world of these teenagers and we're in a neutral world, that's where we also start to realize that these are just kids. Well, I felt that way watching Rue talking to Ali about her relationship with Jules. She's an unreliable narrator. This little lie made me realize that, how, okay, she's actually just a kid. As much as she says that there is something wrong with her, her reluctance in admitting that it's not exactly the outside world that causes her to behave in a certain way, to me, that is a kid screaming inside to be seen as a child. To get help and not have to deal with as much, especially when it started at a young age and you felt like you have and are being robbed of your childhood. It really broke my heart to see that Rue doesn't see a way out. But I also felt Ali. Let's talk about the cinematography and the story here. We take a break from Rue's life and we see Ali talking to his kids on the phone. The binary oppositions here... I had to say that. Apparently when I'm doing a review, I can't just talk about things. I have to call them by their names. I have to call them by their categories. So the binary oppositions here are quite clear when Ali talks to his kids and when he talks to Rue. This is how a teenager deals with things versus how an adult deals with situations. This speaks to how everything revolves around a teenager's life versus the adult who is very self-aware, knows what they're dealing with, and can still step aside themselves and help someone else. I also loved how the lighting is also contrasted in the diner to the outside. The warm light feels like a safe space where we're open to discuss things. And then you encounter Ali's phone call, which is colder, and it just makes you feel desolate and sad, which I think is how he feels not being with his kids on Christmas. But back to the diner. I felt for Ali. Because he really tried to get through to Rue, 
with sharing his stories, asking questions, making subtle suggestions of believing in something. He talked about forgiveness, faith, and hope. As much as I felt it when Rue talked about how everything happens for a reason is actually BS, I felt the frustration at Ali's fruitless efforts, even if he didn't let it show. In a way, it did help for Rue to dive that deep into what is actually going on with her relationships, the addiction, and her emotions. The conversation happens between two people sharing, going through similar issues that affect their lives differently, which feels safe. But there's still that barrier of an adult trying to get through to a teenager. It's hard. So yeah, the episode shook a few people, but I think what was least expected and what was a complete surprise was Jules' episode. <sighs> Let me breathe. You know, I have a pop filter and I have a wind filter and still I can hear the p p p <laughs> whenever I record. Okay, let me get back into it. Jules was an enigma in season 1. She was painted by Rue as this almost mythical and perfect human. At some point, Rue got annoyed when Jules wasn't paying attention to her as much as she used to, or rather how she used to when Jules was talking to Tyler. Mm, Tyler. <laughs> Again, very self-centered. I've been there. I get it. I think I'm done talking about it in my life. I've grown from my experiences and the chapter closed in a very unfortunate manner, but it's not something I ever want to talk about. But then, things like life partners and insecure come along and I feel sad. But euphoria hit the head on the nail so hard it took me straight back which is why I related to Rue so much when it comes to Jules. And then I also heard Jules' side and I was like, same girl, same. It wasn't like I relate more with the other. I relate to them both because I felt both what they felt respectively when it came to each other. So Jules' episode takes place in a single therapy session after she ran away from home. This is the first time that we get to know Jules from Jules' perspective. Again, Adult in the room serving an objective look at Jules. Just there to guide a conversation, I suppose. So during this episode written by Sam Levinson and Hunter Schaefer, Jules discusses how she would like to go off of her hormones, how she built her identity based on the idea of how men view a woman or a desirable woman. And the biggest revelation of all, we get to hear Jules' side about her relationship with Rue. The first season being mostly from Rue's perspective, we never really got to know Jules. Jules lets us in on the missing pieces that Rue doesn't know about. Jules' mom is actually an addict, and during the first season, she was being treated for addiction. We learn of the similarities between Rue and Jules' mom, which explains the perceived one-sidedness of the relationship from season 1. Jules actually loves Rue, despite how it may have looked from Rue's side. She was just trying to understand her own feelings and it's revealed that she wanted to do something about it, about these feelings for Rue, but she was afraid of losing their friendship. Rue is also similar... There's so much wind. <laughs> Rue is also similar to Jules' mom and the things that she tried to avoid with her mother being an addict, Rue elicited, which 
made it difficult to maintain their relationship. It's 100% understandable. You want to love someone and, you know, serve some balance in the relationship instead of feeling like the other person depends so much on you that you start to fear that if you leave or you step, you know, take the wrong step or what, they might implode. So I won't say that it was a problem for season one to leave this out, actually. Now, with this episode, it just puts things in perspective. And it came as a welcome surprise. And because it it happened this way, it gave more to Joseph's story for this episode. It made her character more rounder than what we perceived in season one. But there was so much that Jules covered in this therapy session. You find out her struggles, but she becomes less of a mythical character, like a mythical creature and someone you actually want to know. There are ways in which this episode was shot when it comes to Jules' state of mind and the way she talks about her emotions. She's so self-aware. She's honest about who she is, how forming her identity makes her unhappy if it doesn't come from a real place. Can you imagine that? Your femininity or masculinity being built off of that which you think the other gender would like. Humans. So, (laughs) there was also something that she mentioned which probably people might find odd. But it was a different perspective on intimacy. This without physically being there. It was just... Wow. I I don't know. (laughs) And also the way that she talked about it. I wish this girl wasn't fictional. I think I think it might be crushing here. But I think what attracts me is the fact that Jules is so in touch with herself and her feelings, but also can see what others mean to her life in a sort of objective manner. I don't know. Yes, she's also kind of self-centered, but I feel like I see much much more of a development in her now in this episode which she obviously like talks about yeah i think that's what's attracting me but also she's a minor and i don't know if i was thinking that way when i was at that age but that's been me thank you so much for listening thank you for tuning in on the friday night and um hope you have a great weekend but thank you so much for listening it's always wonderful always 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 and i'm so grateful so grateful for you guys so grateful for i'm just so grateful for life i think i need some sleep (laughs) because i haven't slept in a while but do your things on the socials right there leave me a comment i'd like to know what you think honestly I'd like to get your two cents on whatever we watched or whatever I watched that I talk about. And i also like to get your two cents on your experiences with things that I talk about. Like, for instance, being an empath or being an introvert or I don't know, whatever comes your way. Um, loving and leaving you. Hope you have a fantastic weekend. Goodbye. Take care of yourself, Seeds. Hi, Raineth here. Around the time that I started my podcast, I was told by someone that they wanted to start a podcast too, but they didn't know how. Well, it has never been this easy to share your thoughts with the world. 
certainly not unlimited characters anyway. I joined Buzzbrowse because I wanted a podcast-friendly environment that will have the work that I do with every episode. I'm not looking back. Buzzbrowse is home to 100,000 podcasters. It's an ideal choice because not only do they give you detailed analytics to show how your podcast is doing, they'll give you tools to promote your episodes and an easily accessible podcast website where anyone can listen to your podcast. And because they think of your listeners' needs as well, the website will have a directory of where your episodes are available as well. If you'd like to try your hand at podcasting, Buzzsprout is an option to consider. You can use the link in our description to check it out. You will get a $20 Amazon gift card if you sign up for a paid plan and in addition, help support our show.